Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm Kimberly, and we're the founding team behind AfroVest. Welcome to the Africa's Game Changers podcast, where we dive deep into the enterprising minds that are reshaping the future of Africa. Welcome to part two of our conversation. So, you know, that's actually a very good segue to start talking about how you started uh, becoming involved in blockchain and um, cryptocurrencies and technologies of that nature. How did you, you know, go about learning, like essentially relearning a whole new field? Because it's not something that you already had background with. Why, why blockchain? Why cryptocurrencies exactly? So um, I'm going to put here my favorite country on the map. And, um, you know, it's the most visited country out of Kenya, and that's Uganda. I travel a lot to Uganda. So I uh, was involved with the, uh, during the Isaac days, you know, we expanded, you know, with uh, uh, students from uh, the Netherlands, the University of Maastricht. And there was a team of Kenyans who uh, went with them and we extended, uh, or we opened the chapter there rather. Uh, so the Ugandans became like my, I think using the term friend is using it lightly. They're like my extended family, brothers, sisters. So they just became part of me. You know, it's, it's, it's a connection that one cannot describe. So for me, Uganda became home. So I, I used to be that crazy student. I used to literally leave campus uh, 4 p.m. and go to the bus station. And I used to catch the night bus to Kampala. And I used to go out there. I mean, they were just so lively. And there's something about Uganda is very cultural, you know. So and that is sometimes something you miss being in Nairobi. Nairobi has been so, so cosmopolitan, is so modernized. And uh, you don't really feel those aspects. When you're in Kampala, you still feel that. And uh, the moment you cross the border, you start to see those elements. So I used to travel a lot, you know, there. And that was before, that was before, you know, I left to go to the United States. So that was a, one of the first things I said, you know, when I came back, you know, I need to, you know, we need to relieve old, you know, old glory. So I was in, um, uh, I'd gone to Kampala and that was in 2016, you know, so my host, who I'm actually going to uh, say his name, his name is Edgar Mwambutsa. Uh, he's one of the people who are actually working with CoinPesa in, in Uganda. So you can already see how this is going. During that time when I arrived there, for whatever reason it is, I'd, um, I, I was thinking, uh, I was already starting to think about, because I was beginning to read about Bitcoin, you know, and all its challenges. But then I'm meeting now someone who's actually involved in cryptocurrency, they're actually developing. So we had some very, very interesting conversations, uh, which literally were going day and night, you know. Um, that time I was trying to also do some of my graduate work, you know, so from my computer. So well, when I'll finish, you know, I'll, you know, I'll speak with him and, you know, he'll tell me there's this, there's that, you know, he'll show me other different things. So he is the single point that really got me into the, the whole cryptocurrency space. And then last year, last year was the first time, at least in, um, in the upper section of uh, the sub-Saharan continent you know, of Africa, that Uganda hosted the first blockchain African conference. So mm. Edgar, Edgar was like, hey, Adrian, you need to be in this space. I'm, like, I'm going to be there. I went for that. And it was amazing, you know, just to see all these people who showed up there. 
uh, and of which you know I've made some lifelong friends. Uh, one of them is uh, Nihal Majok, who is the CEO of PesaBase, who is now here in Nairobi. Um, you know, used to work out in Australia. Uh, I think what he's doing is great. You know, is absolutely fabulous, and I'm sure he'll have uh, an exciting story. Edgar is another one. You know, so I met these people. I met Roland. Uh, you know, who is uh, from Barbados. You know, who's uh, now. Uh, we almost talk every day, you know, um, and, you know, so I just met some amazing people that convinced me, you know, and I was seeing what they're doing, started thinking about, you know, you know, new zero about coding. Then I started uh, looking at coding and uh, I started like really getting more involved in it. So what I started noticing is this common trend with all these coders, very cool dudes, literally they work from home. And yeah. they're, they're showing me how they can be self-sufficient without having to go put on a suit, tie, go to work. You know, very intellectual. They can engage in um, matters, you know, to deal with policy. Uh, what they're trying to build and what they're trying to do is trying to solve real life issues that is not just affecting a few. You're talking at the national level. So these are very intelligent and also some of them transnational. So... I found this to be a very eclectic, um, I mean, if you're, if you're to go by how they appear, you know, you absolutely miss the point, you know, but it's only until you engage them and you probe and, um, you know, engage in conversation, then you just find how rich they are and what it is that they're trying to do, which is why I insisted the opportunity is here, you know, and, and the way they're so connected, you know, um, you meet one person and it's like you've met 10 connections. And I'm not just talking 10, just, you know, hey, hi, hi. No, I'm talking people who are absolutely life-changing. If you're, if you're willing to take the challenge, if you want to take that leap of faith. A lot of people say, hey, I'm, I'm seeking the challenge. But when they're presented the challenge, very few honestly actually take the challenge heads on. Or they, you know, they tackle the bull by its horns. You know, so th these are the people who are in this space. And they are... Uh, they're not afraid to uh, challenge status quo. Um, they're saying, I think there's a better way of doing things. And I think what I'm offering here is a solution. You know, in line with that, um, the fourth industrial revolution is coming, obviously. And one of the biggest concerns that a lot of governments around the world, and especially in Africa, have at the moment is whether or not we as a continent are going to be left behind. You know, we don't want to end up, you know, being left behind again as we were with the Industrial Revolution. So, you know, what are your thoughts on this and how do you think we can stay at the forefront of this uh, fourth Industrial Revolution? Um, first and foremost, uh, you know, uh, my mind is being able to participate and engage in forums which are actually talking about uh, these things. Uh, one of those is uh, the Africa Blockchain Conference, again, will be happening in uh, Kampala, Uganda, uh, from the 3rd to the 4th of July. There are amazing people who are going to be in that space. Uh, last year, we had the pleasure of having the uh, you know, president of Uganda actually come to speak to the gathering. We had the CEO of Binance, who is a billionaire. So I can actually say now I've actually met a billionaire. You know, so it is amazing. And through that, 
Uh, actually, I think I've met more billionaires now through blockchain communities than older in, than any other you know forum or entity. You know, so um, being able to be involved in those for in those forums that are taking place is very very crucial. Uh, I think the discussions which are happening are very enlightening. Uh, they're also very educative. Uh, also, they uh, paint a picture. And then the, uh, the fourth and the most important thing is they're creating something that is called a sandbox. Uh, that is essentially, it is a playground whereby you can come, test your idea, see if it's going to work, uh, see areas where it's weak, where it needs strengthening, uh, before you actually able to deploy and that you do in a collaborative environment. So with other stakeholders, players, all the way up to the government. So that is happening. So what I will say is get involved in those conversations that are taking place uh, around you, which I'm sure there are many. Um, and the Africa blockchain conference is just one of them that is happening. The other thing that I will say is encourage people to take up coding as a skill. You know, you can do very, you know, basic coding because it teaches you uh, a methodical step-by-step -step approach of programming, development, troubleshooting, and also system development. It is from that simple coding that you can be able now to develop more complex, uh, you know, systems and things. Uh, but apps, apps are things that we use all the time. Right now, we are actually communicating through an app. You know, so there are lots of Africans who have developed apps and they've developed things and systems. We're even talking uh, about other related industries such as Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, data analytics, you know, uh, machine learning, you know. Um, so all these things, they are very, very crucial, very, very important. They are all interdependent and interlinked. Uh, and someone can choose there, they can choose just to do AI or they can do whatever. Uh, just to probe on that a little bit, for mm -hmm. someone who is asking themselves, okay, I really do want to learn how to code. I do want to learn more of these techno technologies. And they're thinking to themselves, okay, but how? Are there any resources you could recommend or how do people go about learning some of these important skills? Uh, very good question. So uh, I'll share with you two resources, which are like literally one of them is free. The other one is, uh, you know, majorly discounted. So the first one is YouTube. If you just go to YouTube and you say, hey, you know what, I'd like to uh, learn how to, you know, coding 101. These are thorough of things, you know, which are there. Then number two uh, is uh, Mashable, Mashable, Mashable.com, www.mashable.com. That is M-A-S-H-A-B-L-E.com. Um, and they, you know, sometimes they'll have courses which are, you know, like I just picked up a course which is uh, on uh, being a data scientist. Uh, the whole total cost is like 1600 US dollars, you know, so that's a lot of money, even for me. So, I found it at a discount and they're only asking for $35. What is happening is, what's happening is, I am, I am from the school of thought that university learning, I think, is a little bit dated and sometimes out of touch and out of sync with, you know, with, the, with the environment. So I will say these are actually very, very good resources which someone can use on the get-go. 
one of the things I'd like to do is if everything becomes, uh, you know, goes according to plan and we become successful with the team that we're working with is to have, uh, number one, um, have something like an iHub or, you know, uh, where we can be able to have techie guys where they can be able to work from. Uh, and also, you know, space which, you know, you are seasoned, experienced guys, and then you have yeah. your newbie wet behind the ears, have no clue, you know, what even a line of code looks like. And then they spend, so we, we, we're trying, the concept we're trying to go for is focusing more on the apprenticeship and actually slash trade school. Uh, so we don't have the capacity yet to actually do what will be a trade school, but that will be something that definitely we'd like to do. And then we can actually be able to develop just a school of coders. And we want to make it something that is accessible. Uh, we want to have a very nominal fee uh, whereby whoever is attending, they're just like paying for the accommodations or at least paying for their books and, you know, those type of resources. You know, as we know, schools have been turned into money-making machines. So we don't want to focus on that. And we want, to, we want the period of instruction to be, we don't want to discuss history. We don't want to discuss why people speak with a certain form of inflection instead of, uh, you know, speaking with this type of consonant. No, you know, those are topics we're not going to discuss. We're getting right to the heart of the subject. Look at just, you know, coding and then being able to put them in a position that they can be able to have gainful employment that will be able to utilize those skills. So, um, yeah, so th those are things that uh, we hope to do in the future, but in the immediate, uh, YouTube and Mashable.com uh, are great resources that, they, uh, that I think are great alternatives to uh, the formal education uh, system. Wow, that's great. I think for me, I now know what to do when I get home. I shall YouTube a couple of videos for sure. And yes. I'm also very excited about this school. Do keep us updated. We'd love to uh, learn more and I'd love to enroll maybe in the future. So sounds really, really, really interesting. Absolutely. And, and just based, based on that, uh, yeah. And yeah, the other thing that I was thinking about was, uh, you know, Accelerator and also building also like a sandbox. But based on your line of questioning, uh, I think I need to also accelerate. You know, it's funny how life works. You know, I forget the word, but you ask, you probe a question and then it brings, it precipitates it. Uh, but what I'd like to do is um, we are organizing also a conference and one, one of the areas, one of the uh, workshops, there's going to be five workshops um, you know, some of them being like business and cross-border relationships, you know, uh, leadership development, you know, and things like that. But there's one which is just specific on blockchain and technology. So what, what we'll probably try to do is we might start building that space now because we, we don't want just to be a, a conference. We actually want it to be a movement, you know. So um, engagements to happen before the conference and then, of course, they are more enriched and, you know, they get deeper during the actual conference. And then post the conference, they still continue. So yeah. what, what, what I will do is I'm, I'm going to work with the person who's assisting with uh, creating the website to create a space that can start 
being that um, repository for, you know, like resources or pointing people in the right direction. Uh, you know, you say you want to be a coder, you know, these are resources so we can list things there. So a list to be like, uh, you know, uh, help, you know, uh, someone just comes there and, you know, it can guide them or points them in the right direction. So uh, at least I can commit to that and say that uh, uh, I will do that. And when it's ready, uh, I will share with you and you can be able to share with the audience. Yes, yes. We'll definitely put it down in the link below as well uh, yeah. as soon as it's completed so that people can go check it out. It sounds very, very interesting and something, you know, there's not a lot of conferences out there that are focusing on the pre-conference experience and the post-conference experience. So that's very, very unique. I'm personally very excited about this particular conference um, happening in January. Uh, the exact dates for those who are interested, maybe? If you yes, the exact dates are uh, the 27th through the 31st oh. of January, and that will be in Nairobi. And the venue, the venue right now we have is Radisson Blue. Uh, Radisson Blue Hotel, which uh, is in the part of Nairobi called Upper Hill. Upper Hill. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. We'll put all these details definitely down in the description below for you guys. And yes, um, so that's very exciting. So, you know, earlier you were mentioning a number of technological advancements, AI, blockchain, cryptocurrency. From your perspective, what do you believe um, is the one technology which could have the biggest impact on the way we do business um, here in Africa? Without a shadow of a doubt, blockchain. Um, and I will say, I'll qualify my statement. I know there'll be other people who might have another school of thought, but I think blockchain can be used in literally all industries. Right now, where you are uh, in Dubai, for me, I draw a lot of uh, inspiration from uh, your crown prince. You know, I have his book, uh, The Vision. Uh, it is one of the books that really kind of defined and helped me um, you know, set my parameters and, uh, you know, have a sense of purpose for whatever it is that I'm trying to do. Uh, very inspired by uh, what started with, uh, started by his father and what has actually transformed uh, the country to be what it is today. Uh, so uh, I'll point that out. Uh, but going back to blockchain, Dubai is, I think, now the leading country uh, in the world that is actually looking at using that uh, for delivery of government services, you know? Yes, so, yes. Um, and, and you see the beauty of it is some of the things that also Kenya is doing to, not to such an extent, but they're beginning to harmonize their systems and processes. There's something that is being done right now, an operation which is causing a lot of people a lot of sleepless nights, uh, which uh, maybe by the time the podcast will be posted, it'll be over but it's called Huduma Number. Now, Huduma is a Swahili word for, which means, uh, you, know, um, you know, services. Uh, so it's like a services number. So, um, and I know it's not a one-on-one -on -one translation, but uh, so they're trying to harmonize all, all your records, you know, from your birth certificate, you know, to your national ID, your passport, your, you know, health card, bank accounts, everything, you know. So, in the event that any of those disappear, you, you are not denied service on the premise that you cannot, you know, the proof of burden is on you and you cannot prove yourself. 
So that is one way to actually show and demonstrate. Yeah, I know it's being executed at a much lower level, but, uh, uh, but eventually those will be put on a system whereby it is immutable and uh, the record cannot be changed. That's what they are saying. That is actually the textbook definition of one of the three attributes, you know, of, uh, of blockchain, you know, an immutable record. Ghana are using it for land registration, you know, and I'll always keep on referring back to Kenya. You know, you have people showing up with multiple, you know, uh, title deeds. So if you have one repository whereby when this is put, it is not changed, um, then that really helps a lot of the processes. Let's look at things such as elections. You know, people are talking about transparency. When you look at the cost of implementing uh, a blockchain solution, uh, it is much cheaper than the traditional methods that they're still using of, you know, flying these boxes, you know, and getting this, you know. Blockchain means if you have a record and if the record says Adrian Ambe in the record, you will not have multiple of me. It is only one. And if another version shows up, you know it is not, you know, and it is even difficult to even introduce it. But they still prefer to go the old system, you know, and I think I recall when they had the Kenyan elections, they were one of the most, I think, second most expensive elections ever conducted anywhere in the world, which is ridiculous. You know, so um, if they are honest, uh, if they are honest about trying to have a conversation of trying to solve problems, uh, I think you know, blockchain has to be seriously in that discussion uh, because for the cost benefits, you know, it brings the initial, the initial investment in, um, you know, of course, trying to get people to know how to code and how, you know, and then the physical infrastructure of putting these things in place, there's going to be that cost. But once the system is running, you know, it is, uh, it's, it's a very, very, you know, effective system. The downside to it is a lot of our traditional positions, uh, which uh, includes, uh, you know, gatekeepers and, uh, you know, people who have to look through records, those get eliminated. So, yes, as efficiencies are introduced in the systems, uh, then the, you know, traditional roles whereby you have more people, they're, they're removed. Why I also insist that blockchain needs to be the basis or the backbone by which everything else is built, you know, your machine learning, your AI and everything, those systems and those automations need to ensure that also the processes are immutable and are not tampered, you know, or are not altered. And, you know, you, and some of that might be specific to, uh, you know, like the, uh, they might not be blockchain specific, but they will, they are, I, I believe they'll be greatly enhanced in a blockchain environment. And, uh, you know, which, them working, you know, you have AI, you have your, you know, machine learning and you have everything else, uh, then you find that it really, you know, they're working very well. But I think the backbone, the backbone needs to be blockchain. For me, that is the, is the fundamental and the underpinning technology that needs to be in place uh, before we can build on these other ones. Very interesting perspective, I think. You know, I definitely agree with you. And it'll be interesting also to hear what our audience would uh, say about this perspective, about blockchain being really, really, really vital um, for the future of the continent. So thank you for that. And we actually have only two more questions left. The first question is just uh, with regards to, you've obviously had experiences both 
US, abroad, and in Africa now that you're back. So now that you've lived, I guess, the best of both worlds in some sense, what do you believe is um, one thing African diaspora who are looking to, you know, give back and they're saying, what can we do? But they don't really know. And they just, you know, kind of lost in that process. What do you think is one thing African diaspora can do to almost give back or reinvest what they have back home in their home countries? Without a shadow of a doubt, batting an eyelid and even thinking about it, capacity building. Mm. That is, uh, there's a saying that says, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach him how to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Yes. I truly believe that. Uh, that is the best thing anyone can be able to give back home. A lot of our systems here are broken, you know, uh, and it's not, it's, it's because maybe we, we've just known how to do a certain way. But if we are shown how to do a better way, then I think things are better. And, and I'm noticing that. I'm noticing that. And I can use that example um, when I came back to visit in 2009 and saw the transformation. When, Kenyan, when Kenyans realized, Nairobians realized there's a better way of doing things, they started doing that. And the quality of life not only improved, but things were better for a lot of people. So I truly believe in that mantra uh, that build the capacity of someone and then just set, get out of the way, set them free, let them just go and do their thing. Mm-hmm. That's very good. All right. So for our final question, this is a question that we ask every single guest who comes onto the show um, as a conclusion. And basically it starts off, we define what a game-changing idea is. So it's basically an idea that brings about a great shift in the way things are done or are going to be done. So in light of this definition, what is one game-changing idea that you have about the future of Africa? Blockchain. Blockchain, <laughs> yes. I believe in, in, in it. In fact, it is so crazy. It is so crazy that everything that we are doing now is going to be blockchain. We are creating our website on blockchain. I mean, it is. sometimes I almost feel like I don't have enough hours in a day. Ideas are popping up and you're like, oh, no, 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 we've got to put that, you know, just put that back in the cupboard. We, we'll, we'll let you come up you know, later on, right now we're trying to deal with this, then it keeps on popping up. So you take a look at it like, okay, that's a great idea. But I'm like, we can't do that right now because we are focused on this, you know. So yeah, for me, blockchain is the thing. Absolutely no shadow of a doubt, uh, at least my opinion. I'm also, you know, uh, and I know a lot of this is still in the development. So I know at the beginning I did speak about, you know, crypto, which we are trying to develop and experiment with. Uh, and it's actually going to be a commodity based. That is the much I can say about it. The other thing that we're also looking at building on blockchain is a business portal, you know, whereby uh, businesses can be able to transact. Uh, so we're still building that. Uh, and, uh, you know, everything is, you know, an experiment trying to see what's going to work. Some ideas, you know, sound good when they're said on paper. But when you try to actually do the implementation, it's either challenging or you realize it's a bad idea or someone already has done it. Uh, but still, we're not perturbed with that. We're still, you know, plugging along. There, there, there are a lot of things which are, 
you know, some which we've started, some which are not. There'll, there'll be some several white papers, which we are, some are already in production right now that we're going to be publishing. So I'll share okay. that. I'll share that with you as well, which you can post. Uh, one in, uh, the two in particular are for the business portal and uh, for the um, commodity-based cryptocurrency. And the, for, for now, the website, we're also looking at uh, building, so it's not just a website, but it's also a portal uh, through which, so we're not sure to call it a website or, you know, we're going to see what it's going to morph into. But uh, what can be able to, to enable those interactions before a conference, uh, capture them during the conference, uh, and then catalog, archive them and everything, and then continue that post the conference. So that, uh, as I said, you know, and I believe in that, being that movement, um, we of course don't want records or things to be tampered with, you know, and that's why I'm saying I insist on uh, being immutable. So someone cannot claim that that record has been tampered. And that's why I keep on insisting, for me, blockchain is, is the one... Blockchain is the one, just like uh, Neo was in the Matrix. Blockchain is the one. I think I'm even sold on the blockchain prospect for the future of Africa. So thank you very much for that. Um, and just to end things off, would you be able to share maybe some of your social media handles for people who want you or know more about uh, the work you and the team are up to? Uh, so if they want to follow me personally, I think the best one is LinkedIn. LinkedIn mm. will be the uh, better one, I think. And uh, additionally, what will be more important will be the um, will be the uh, organizational uh, social media, con you know, links and everything, uh, so that people can be able to really interact, you know, really interact with uh, you know with what's going on, uh, because building a movement is bringing people. Um, I think I'll set the initial momentum in motion, but then we want people to be able to join and we want them to feel free to engage and uh, also inspire others to be able to rise up to that position and take and say, I am ready. I am ready to take control of the mantle. I want to take this organization forward. You've done up until this point. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service. Time for us now to take it. We have the watch. Do keep us updated uh, when the organizational social media is ready so that we can also share it uh, in the description down below. I'm sure many people are very, very interested and are already quite excited and share your passion uh, for these projects. So thank you. Thank you so much once again for taking the time today. And uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at AfriFest. And let's continue the conversation. Remember, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms.